0: Today, we are continuing on the 5 D's of exiting, particularly as it concerns businesses. Stay tuned. This is Thrive 1110 with Bold Care A of Bold Care Financial, guiding you toward business success and bringing clarity to personal finance. This is Thrive 1110. Welcome to Thrive 1110. This is the show where you get Bible-friendly, practical tips on business and money so you can thrive. And as you thrive, remember the Lord your God who enables you to thrive by being an agent of transformation in your family, in your community, and in your city. I'm Bol Kere, your host. And you can catch up on previous episodes of Thrive 1110 by going on the website chri.ca. Or going um, on the website thrive1110.ca that's thrive 1110.ca and uh, while you're there just say hi tell us that you've been listening um, It's also encouraging to uh, to hear some feedback from you out there listening. So today we are um, tackling part two of this subject that we started last week with our very special guest Ruby Lohid Yoni and uh, she's going to help us continue to unpack um things that we need to do uh things that we can do to prepare for an exit last week we saw um she taught us these 5 Ds um that could actually uh put us on a different trajectory that could actually uh, uh surprise us if we're not prepared for them um and uh, I'm not going to say them again today you will need to go back and listen to the previous episode that was just wonderful and then today Ruby is going to continue unpacking this subject for us, telling us, giving us tips and things we we can do to be prepared, whether we are maybe selling, preparing to selling the business or preparing to transfer it to another generation. What are the things that you can do? Um, and this actually also applies to to some extent to ministry leaders, to ministries. What are the things that um, as a business leader, as a business owner, you can do to maybe maximize the value of your business? What are the things that you can do um, so that beyond maximizing the value of your business, you can ensure, um, be prepared the best way possible for exits um, factoring these five D's that we talked about last week. But before I continue, let me reintroduce to you um, Ruby. Um, She is this woman of God that I tremendously respect actually Ruby was very um very shy uh, if I can use that term the other time even though that's not like Ruby and she didn't she didn't brag on herself but Ruby is such um, an accomplished professional um over the the North American and I would even say the international scene in terms of business in terms of finances she really has nothing to prove she she's sat in rooms where very, very few people have access, talked with people that very, very few people have access to. And she is also gracious by being with us on this show today um, to help us unpack this subject of business exiting. So Ruby, can you just uh, briefly tell us what you're doing, uh, what you do now? Uh, before we continue, well,
1: thank you very much for that kind introduction. But always a reminder: I'm the tenth of thirteen kids from a tiny town called Zilda. So, <laughs> if I ever get too big for my bridges, britches keep reminding me about that. Um, Bold. I work with Stillwater Capital. Stillwater Capital is a advice only mergers, acquisitions, and divestitures business. We're a leading North American firm and we are a body of believers. It's really important for us as a firm to number one, be confident, to be excellent at what we do because God calls us to be excellent. And number two, to always be compassionate and represent Christ well in the workplace. So I'm in the mergers, acquisitions and divestitures business. And I'm in that business because I've been there, done that on all three accounts, merger, in a merger, I've been in Uh, in acquisitions, I've started and sold businesses so divested of them. And I learned the hard way the way that many people learn is the hard way. So I'd love to share bold some great ideas for business owners about getting prepared. So we talked last last week about how important it is to plan. And you know why it's important because God said it is and he said it many times over 50 verses about the importance of planning and proverbs 21 15 is one of my favorite about the diligent plan but when you're hasty it leads to poverty so how do we plan uh how do we get ready so i'm going to call this my 10 commandments uh for preparing to exit your business regardless of if that exit is passing it on to a next generation whether it is adding additional shareholders so you're still involved, but you've exited the majority uh, position or what type of exit you're planning. But again, commandment number one is take the time to...
0: R- Ruby, sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, so, so all of you listening right now, uh, if, if, you are, if you are able to take some notes, do that. Like Be ready to do that right now. Because like we like like Ruby mentioned last week, the time to be prepared for these exits. it's now. like it's really now. Don't say, well, it's it's I have a new business or I'm just starting. Um, just make sure that you take note of these. Uh, ten commandments that Rubia is going to share, and uh, even more so if you are if you are getting closer, and if you're considering retiring or or transitioning in one way or another. So, uh, without further ado, let's get practical. This is our let's get practical section. Go ahead, so again,
1: Ruby. commandment number one: plan. We know it's important. We even have a verse for it because when you plan and pr- and. In- And look at your pre-sale or pre-exit. Think of it as a due diligence exercise. Look at how operations are, the human capital in your business. Make sure your taxes are clean and up to date. And uh, identify really those value drivers of your business and what the risks are. So preparing in advance, commandment number one. Commandment number two, set your goals. What? is your objective in this business. So we know as believers that we believe that God created it. So God owns it all because he created it and we're the stewards. So as a steward, is it not important to maximize the value of your business? Now, I'll answer my own question. Sometimes that's not the only reason. So I actually have a client who's got Um, a business that's such an incredible value in its social um, services to the country that he would definitely accept less to have the right owners with the right heart to continue this business. Because like many people, like my business, and I'm sure like yours, it's also our ministry. So having that important objective, thinking about the culture of your business. I've made those mistakes, by the way, where the culture doesn't match when you sell a business. Think about your employees, think about your clients, and think about the importance of confidentiality. Commandment number three, seek first to understand and then move forward. So when we look at your business, think about your business from the perspective of the other person's side. Think about it as if you were a buyer wanting to buy a business. Businesses, they will likely pay, the right buyers will definitely pay the highest price. So you have to think about what would a buyer want to see in this business? Okay, so that's really critical. And the more buyers that you get looking in competition, so 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27 talks to us, St. Paul gave us, life is a competition and let's ri- win this race, right? Continue on until the end. Commandment number four, you got to make yourself redundant because if you are your business, you can't really sell you. And we see that way too often. One person is so critical they haven't actually you know again, a biblical principle train up that next generation. They really have to be able to make themselves redundant so that that they're selling an asset that's not themselves. That is so important I can't underestimate it. You need to have succession plans in place uh, even if it's like your Your family members or um, key employees, and that they're part of that whole exit plan, maybe that you need to sell your business for retirement purposes, but maybe the new owners would be happy with having ownership of that next generation who's been with you throughout the time and is happy to be a CEO or a manager, but doesn't want the huge responsibility to be the primary owner and responsible for so many people's livelihood. Number five, make sure that you get good housekeeping. (laughs) Put your house in order, right? So when you have your own business, um, you run things differently, right? And so think about your own house, your house may have certain cleanliness standards. But if you're having somebody in to look at your house, you're going to clean it up a little bit. You're going to do some painting. You're going to have a very good cleaning. You really have to separate the owner's business from the company because you're like a lot of us in business have said, well, this is my business. Anyhow, I could, I just need one bank account or credit cards or whatever it is. Or we we put everything through the business and then the accountant figures it out after year end. I think this is an important time to do important tidying up of legal, tax and operational items where there have been commingling. So number five, commandment number five, housekeeping, prepare your house for sale, right? Um, Number six, commandment number six, balance, growth and profitability. Again, that sort of ties into look at your business from the perspective of a buyer you want a business. You would like to buy a business that's growing, especially in times where you know we've just gone through twenty years of very you know slow growth, right? Lower for longer kind of slow growth, and that's why the market. When we look at market prices for high growth companies, so think in the Ottawa area, Shopify. It's maybe not the best day to be looking at Shopify as an example, but. <laughs> People will pay a high price for a small business that's growing fast because business owners look to the future. We talked about that last time too. So make sure that you've got growth, but you still have to make a profit. Whoever's going to be buying this business wants to ensure that this is not a charity, that they're buying this business to make a profit. And any potential buyer will be looking at uh, out forward. But they're also going to be looking back. So some of our uh, clients on the advice side, we often start giving advice first at Stillwater. And one of the things is clean it up and have two years because everybody asks for two years of financials, have two years of showing, demonstrating growth and profitability. And that might be hard in, in you know, where we are in the market right now. But that's fine if you've got a good reason like a pandemic. So you're a restaurant and the pandemic shut you down. That's not your fault. Any buyer would understand that. But make sure that there's that balance between growth and profitability. Also, commandment number seven, articulate and demonstrate to these potential buyers a growth plan because buyers want opportunities in the future that they can capitalize, right? So they want future growth, new product opportunities, potential for geographic expansion. So maybe somebody from Germany would be looking at a company in Ottawa because they want to get into the Canadian market. Or a company in Western Canada might want to be looking to expand to the Ottawa area and thinking, hey, I could serve – Toronto, the GTA, Northern Ontario, Quebec from Ottawa, and I've got bilingual, you know, you would assume that you would have some bilingual people on staff too. Um, so have that plan so that the buyer can really see it and believe it, right? Commandment number eight, protect your sale proceeds. And this is why I love Working with financial advisors because I was one. And because I was one, I know how important they are. And ha- why it's important because you have to make sure the corporate structure is set up the right way for a sale. You know, sadly, I got involved um, in a situation sort of after the fact, after the agreement was already made, and looking at it went, oh dear, this lovely couple could have saved a million dollars in income tax. Had they had an engaged, competent advisor looking at this tax structure before they went and sold. So that's really important. Um, And also having a wealth strategy in the future. Most business owners want control and they're very conservative. That's why they're business owners. They don't want somebody else controlling their future. So you need a wealth strategy you don't want to be you want to plan ahead because if you get this money all of a sudden you're going to have lots of people knocking on your doors and telling you that just put it all in bitcoin or pot stocks or like who knows what but have the (laughs) plan ahead of time so you're not going to be vulnerable number nine be prepared that was one important thing that um I, I can't repeat enough, you know, Proverbs 16.1. We can make plan we can make plans, but God has the last word. So be prepared as timing can be everything. The strength of the mergers and acquisition markets in any industry can change on a dime. And boy, is this the time to be selling. Right now, it's very active. There's lots of cash floating around because of government's policies to Flush uh, the economy full of cash. Timing uh, is very important. Can you imagine if you were an airline services company at September 11th, uh, or you were a real estate mm. company uh, right before in 1989 at the peak of the uh, real estate bubble in Toronto? Timing is very important. So be prepared for everything. And if your business is always in that constant Sale ready condition, then and as early as possible, then you can quickly respond to great timing opportunities in the market. And commandment number 10: above all, do your homework. There's not very many people that I mm. meet bold that have sold a hundred businesses in their lifetime. Chances are you're only gonna get mm one shot at selling your business. Okay? Like Warren Buffett doesn't sell mm. Berkshire Hathaway every day. He doesn't buy, sees candy and sell it the next day. He, You only really get one shot. So engage the help of good professionals, good financial advisor, bold. Uh, I, th- I think of you and I think of people like you who are good <laughs> financial advisors. Get a good financial advisor, get a good... Advice firm and watch for that conflict of interest, like I see so often I did it myself is that if you 're not getting competition as i as I mentioned at commandment number three, right look at your perspective from a buyer because if you looked at your business from the perspective of a buyer, you know buyers want to pay as little as possible for your business, and should you be doing that so if you 're not going out hiring a firm getting competition, you're not really understanding that the buyer wants to pay as little as possible. And too often, private equity firms are, you know, going out and knocking on a lot of business owners doors or family offices that are buying businesses. And what happens is there's a conflict of interest, they actually don't want to pay you full price, you have a stewardship responsibility, and your family and and all your life's work, you should get a good fair price. You need competition for that and you have to avoid conflicts of interest. We know how dangerous conflicts of interest are in most things in life. The pharmaceutical industry went through their moment. You know, financial planning is going through their moment with conflict of interest, with deferred sales charges, all those kinds of things. So it's above all, do your homework, be prepared, get advice. Proverbs 12, 13, 15 advises us is the wise people seek counsel fools don't. And so try not to do it all on your own Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt and sold my business for too little. So um, learn from my <laughs> mistakes. I'm trying to, <laughs> so those are my 10 commandments of selling your business, preparing mm-hmm. your business. And in your, you
0: you said something here when we, when you were talking about uh, when you're talking about the, the like conflict of interest. Because for for many I think um that's the case for many um family owned businesses um that at one point or another maybe they want to acquire another business and grow that way or they get approached by maybe a friend or someone they know that wants to buy their business Exactly, that wants to buy their business, and that person that is approaching them could even be a Christian, and could have all the intentions of buying at the right price, but uh, there's an inherent conflict of interest there, like, mm-hmm. like you're mentioning, because maybe unconsciously they also want to have it uh, to pay to have a good deal. Well, exactly, <laughs> they both
1: want to be good so, stewards, so, uh... right? That's why, if you exactly. look at it from the perspective of the buyer you will clearly understand they want a deal and you want a fair price and it's you can't yeah. be objective in that in that situation it's very very hard to be objective
0: so it's 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 really another call really to to um to to enlist the help of of uh, an objective uh, competent professional um advice firm like steel orders to uh to really help you prepare well and uh set up your your transaction for success i like when you say it's not like we're going to um to sell businesses a million times like we <laughs> this happens probably maybe once or maybe at twice or something like that but uh no it is certainly not something that you do every day and Ruby, I'd like to recap these 10, 10 commandments, um, 10 things that we, we really need to pay attention to in order to, uh, to prepare well for, a, for an exit, for a, a business transition. Um, so number one, it was plan. Take Is that correct? the
1: time to prepare properly.
0: Excellent. And number two, set Correct. your goals.
1: Set the goals. Like, do you want to continue to work? Do you want to be a minority shareholder? What do you really want out of this? Is your main goal just for the business to continue to the benefit of the employees and the customers?
0: And you mentioned something there when you were talking about setting your goals, Ruby. That I like. Maybe if you can take a minute or two to talk. You talked about the culture. Um, about can you just maybe clarify that aspect of the culture? Um, in, in In preparing uh, for a lot of
1: business owners don't necessarily appreciate on a day to day basis how important the cultural fit of the business is so um, if you're looking at a business where especially as believers, I think that we should have a different culture in our business because you know we're to represent Christ well in the marketplace we are um, to work is on to the Lord. So the culture is different. We do no harm, where um, we should be treating our employees fairly. And many times I've seen when there's been a change in business, it's not a good cultural fit. So you've had this privately owned entrepreneurial uh, group of people that are, you know, risk takers, because it's a small privately l- owned business. And uh, reputation's everything because you don't have a great big marketing department from a publicly traded company, and then a publicly traded company buys them. That is so different from them that a lot of the employees go, mm. "I don't want to work here," or a lot of the customers go, "I don't want to work with these people." Like I left, uh, you know, working with a company like that because I wanted to deal with a local, private, entrepreneurial, customer-focused business. So culture is really important. Mm. Our values are really important. It's critical. It has, you know, safety, the quality of the product. There's a lot of things that go into that culture. Um, And you see it, like think about in in your own community, how one business has such a different culture than the other. Think of a small mom and pop, you know, uh, diner versus McDonald's. Right. McDonald's has a good culture. It's mm. all about efficiency and the lowest price for, you know, quality at a, at a fair price. Whereas a mom and pop shop will focus on experience. Uh, they're constantly changing the menu, being very innovative, using local ingredients. It's just a very different culture. It's not one is good and one is bad. It's just, is it a good cultural fit? Because when it is a good fit, everybody wins. And that's one of the important things, I think, too, Mm. of working with professionals is that a professional is not so engaged as your own accountant, your own lawyer, and yourself trying to sell your business on your own. They've done it so many times that they come in and they right away go, okay, you know, this company is a good fit, Mm. this one isn't. So uh, I had a client uh, recently where a competitor was going to buy them, right? And it was really interesting because the culture was so different. Um, And they had, they, we prayed about it. uh, And I remember them sharing their heart about why this wasn't a good fit about the uh, ethics of the, you know, they had a history being competitors too. And, and uh, it just wasn't a good fit, but they had offered the highest price as an example. So they were really torn to say, what should I do? What should I do? And, you know, And we prayed and we prayed and lo and behold, another buyer comes along a publicly traded company who wants Mm. to the company to continue with the culture, running things that the way that they were and is going to maintain the culture. Very different. Right. And and they ended up coming in at a higher price. So, you know, prayer is prayer. We should be we always start. It's so important to bring everything before the Lord with prayer. Bring our plans before the Lord and have those foundational principles in all we do because we know they work. I know they work. I can tell you, fifty-six years of my life, I know they work.
0: <laughs> so, so just um, this is really a treasure, Ruby, that you're giving to to us um, as you as you really went through these ten. And I'm quickly, just because of time, going to um, list the rest of the ten. Ten commandments of exiting. Number three is actually seek to understand. Think um, of it um, from the exactly. buyer's perspective. Number four. Number four. Make uh, yourself was, redundant. Uh, uh, make yourself redundant. That's it. Having a good have disciples. <laughs> number five and disciples. Number five was make sure um, uh, you have a good housekeeping. Yeah, keeping, do your housekeeping.
1: housekeeping.
0: So set your things. Set your things in order. Um number six was balancing growth and profitability. And one thing that I really liked that you said there was actually making sure that that um like if we put ourselves in a buyer's perspective, they would also want to see past records that show that growth and profitability. And number seven was um being able to to demonstrate yeah. um, a growth plan, to articulate and demonstrate a growth plan. Um, Number eight, protect your sales proceeds, uh, meaning have the right structure before you go into sales. That could cost you millions if you don't do the right things. So reason to consult with professionals. Number nine, be prepared for everything um, so that if the time comes, you can very quickly pivot. Timing uh, is everything. Yeah, uh, through a sale. Timing is everything. And number 10, do your homework. Do your homework. So very quickly, because of time, Ruby, do you mind reminding people how they can yes, get a hold it's, of you? Yes, uh,
1: best way is email Ruby, R-U-B-Y, like a redstone, L-Y for Diani at S-T-CAP. So stands for Stillwater Capital, st C A. My phone number is 705-507-0645.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Ruby, for being generous with us and being with us on this two-part subject, the five Ds of exiting. We really focus this on business exiting. And um, just because of time, I'm going to wrap this up here. But um, if you need to talk more about this, if you need some help, some advice, some guidance uh, regarding your situation, remember it is never too early to start talking about these things and start planning for these things. Reach out to me through uh, my email, bolt at thrive1110.com or go to the website thrive1110.ca and um, fill out the form there so I can um, guide you and uh, maybe even put you in touch with Ruby so uh, you can do the right thing as a group steward. So my name is Bold Kerry. See you next week for another episode of Thrive 1110. And uh, you've, you've been listening. Thrive 1110. When honest people prosper, the whole city celebrates. Thrive 1110. To learn more
1: or to connect with Bold, go to thrive1110.ca.